This episode of Manage Smarter is brought to you by SalesFuel Sales Manager Training. Based on the Sales Manager's Guide to Greatness, it's a 36-lesson on-demand program to upskill your sales manager so they can execute your vision and drive consistent revenue growth. Watch a free lesson and find out more at salesfuel.com SMT. Welcome to the Manage Smarter Podcast with hosts C. Lee Smith and Audrey Strong. We're glad you're here for discussions on new ways to manage smarter, hire, develop, and retain talent, improve results, and propel team performance to new heights. This is the Manage Smarter Podcast. Hey, Lee, did you ever wonder why your message isn't resonating? Maybe it's the way you deliver it, the way you talk. No, that's not me. I, I'm I'm the guy. And look, a lot of you sales managers are this way too. Let's get real about this, okay? Uh-oh. It's like, I know that a lot of you just want to get shit done. You're, you're very direct. And sometimes though, that can lead you to be very blunt. And you don't say things with the proper level of warmth and support or you're yelling or you're, you know, and so what's happening there is how you say it gets in the way of actually what you're saying. And actually to be credible on sales calls, how you say things, whether they be in writing or verbally, uh, is super important then to being credible as a salesperson, even more important as a sales manager. I can't wait to talk to this week's guest. I know. Tracy Goodwin, welcome to Manage Smarter. How are you, Tracy? Oh, I'm great. Thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited to talk to y'all. Well, we are super t- excited to talk to y'all. Also, you're in Austin. I'm in Dallas. That, hence all so the you're y'all. The <laughs> no way. Oh, my goodness. And everyone, if you are joining Manage Smarter for the first time, let me introduce myself. I'm Audrey Strong. I'm Vice President of Communications here at SalesFuel, our company. I'm C. Lee Smith, the president and CEO of SalesFuel, and this is our fourth year of doing the Manage Smarter podcast, and we're on video on the Sales Experts channel, as well as all the usual podcasting outlets that we've been on for the last four years, so this is a real treat for all of us. Stepping it up a notch, and very lucky to have Tracy with us today. Okay, Tracy, over 30 years, has coached hundreds of people around the globe, including CEOs, Hollywood actors. Can you name names? Can we... Sure. Oh, okay. Ooh, (laughs) entrepreneurs and leading influencers on how to sound more confident, make a big impact with their message. I encourage you to go to your website and watch her videos. You are very compelling in your videos. It's a great example of how speaking and reading off a prompter should be done. And I will say that I enjoyed your, your videos. Um, Her company is called, I love this, Captivate the Room. Terrific company name, and so we want to welcome you. And I guess the psychology of voice is sort of the hook you hang everything on. Would you like to explain what that is? Let's start. Sure, sure. That is the methodology that I have created over these last 30 years that's a little bit different than typical voice coaching because what my research shows me is that literally before we're five years old, one phrase goes into our subconscious and our subconscious is actually what puts our voice in. So over time, you've got bosses, you've got relationships, you've got teachers, professors, little by little, the the words that are spoken and how they're spoken can affect how we're ultimately using our voice. So you get people that maybe they're not using a lot of inflection or maybe their sound is stuck Mm. or maybe they're not even using their voice. What they don't realize is it's bigger than just speak louder. I wanna know why you're not speaking louder. That driver is what's calling the shots. I call it a driver or a voice story. 
And we've got to move that out of the way because the subconscious gets us to buy into things that aren't true, like nobody wants to hear what you have to say. Yours was children should be seen and not heard. Yes. How, but I can't remember what I was doing last week, much less before I was five. How do I figure out what that thing was, which is why I'm so loud and tend not to shut up? Well, the, the noise in your head. Mm. What is the noise you hear in your head? And I'll work with people. They'll think, I, you know, and it can be, and it can go beyond that. It can be something like, I've got to get to this outcome. I've got to hurry up and I've got to get this right. I've got to get this right. I've got to get these words right. I've got to prove I know what I'm talking about. Any of that noise in your head mm. is related to a voice story. And that means there's a voice habit that could potentially be repelling someone, could potentially not, what well, could be costing you. It could not be, re, it might not be revealing the best version of you. Am I hearing you say that perhaps this goes all the ba way back to childhood? Yes. Okay. So just as with other types of psychology, and we focus a lot on the psychology of management here on this show, those who have mm -hmm. been with us for four years. So now this is, this is a very, so tell me about your childhood kind of thing. And, and it's like, so do you actually have those types of conversations with the people you coach? I do to a degree, but the cool thing is, is we don't have to really do a deep dive on it. Yeah. I will hear what I hear in a voice. Let me, let me, let me give you an example. Somebody's really loud and fast and everything is really loud and fast. And I feel like they're talking at me and mm -hmm. I might say, did you ever feel like nobody was hearing you? And they'll say, yeah, how yeah, did absolutely. you know that? Yes. Right. And there's their story and there's mm -hmm. their habit. I still feel that way. <laughs> <laughs> when I media train people, I always would tell them to, I would make them play back immediately and watch a, oh, that's what painful. did you think that you said in your messages? And then how do you think that you said it? And those two things never match what mm -mm. they think they said and did if they had a verbal tick or a verbal crutch mm -hmm. or something. I didn't do that. Click. So do you start yeah. with people? How do you, um, do you tell them to watch themselves to really hear how loud they are or you know, monotone they are and all the things that you talk about tone? You know, I, I use that as an instrument, but what I hear you saying is you're talking about what I call perception reception mm -hmm. and the subconscious number one goal is to keep, keep us safe. The voice is the orchestra of the heart. So that's why the subconscious is so, holding on so tight to what we do with our voice. So yes, that can be an instrument, but oftentimes when we talk about what is that driver? Okay. Is that true? I literally ask the question, is that true? Mm -hmm. And we rewrite the habit and it can be things like people off in the future. Are you off in the future? Yeah. What are you thinking about? Well, I got to get these. I got, I'm worried about what they're thinking. Mm -hmm. Well, mm -hmm. get back to the now and literally little steps like that can shift what's in the voice because people don't always exactly like what you're saying, Audrey, they think they're doing one thing. That's not what's being received. What is a voice mask? What's the definition of that? And is that when they unlock the keys to what they're doing? Does it just sort of magically disappear once you work with them? Yeah. Yeah. It's like needing to prove. Let's you, or people pleasing. People pleasing is a great one, right? And there's lots of different kinds of masks. People can use ma uh, words as masks. Have you ever known anybody? They give a whole lot of words and they get, say a whole lot of words and they don't let you do anything and they don't do anything because they've got a lot of information to give you. 
You were at really this morning's meeting. <laughs> <laughs> and very signifying nothing. Right? And they yeah. could have said it in one line. <laughs> yes. All right. Mm -hmm. So that's a mask. So we bring that to their attention. You can do it via audio if they or video if they'll see what they're doing. Or you can literally say, do you need all those words? If you had to bottom line it, what would you say? They'll say one line. And, and does that feel better? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And definitely when it, when, yeah, having an economy of words is definitely more powerful, more authoritative. Yes. Pretty much every time. If you can say if you can put it on a bumper sticker or if you could say it in yeah. a tweet, uh, yeah. you know, way better than 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 speaking paragraphs. It's oh, like yeah. the person who comes to me that I manage who never complains about anything and comes in and says something's bothering them. I very much give way to that because if it must really bother them for them to come in and speak yeah. to me about it. Yeah. Yeah. And that person that, that talks all the time, they, they probably don't even realize it and they don't realize that it's something they're hiding behind. Maybe they're afraid to come in and say, you know what, I'm unhappy about something. So they're going to put in all these words to buffer it. And they're actually hiding behind the words because they're afraid to walk in and go, you know what? I'm upset. That's that scary. sounds like that sounds like a lot of salespeople. So let's talk about that. Let's talk about the psychology of the need for approval, mm. which you know drives a lot of salespeople. Now, mind you, there's that, but of course, we also have to get really good at being rejected because we're rejected a lot more than than, than we're hearing the word yes. But how does that impact someone's voice or you know talking all the time? Is is do those two things go together? They definitely, but there's a lot of other things too. When you talk about sales and you talk about, they're worried about the rejection. Let's take that for an example. If mm -hmm. I'm worried about y'all aren't going to like me, y'all aren't going to buy from me. I am going to be in the future. The minute I'm in the future or the minute I'm in the past, like remembering that guy that just said no, or the 14 before him, I am now not able to maximize the power of my voice. So I'll start hesitating or I'll start doing too many words, or I'll start getting in a higher pitch because I'm asking your permission. I'll, I will literally, from whatever is going on in my head, I will, there will be a shift in the voice. And that always happens in past and future. So it could be words, or it could be literal hesitation, or it could be foreshadowing. Now this is where it gets really powerful. Let's say I've had 10 no's. If I bring those in and that's in my voice, I have literally now put in your subconscious as the listener, you're not going to buy from me. Mm -hmm. Is there any one element of everything that we're talking about? There's so many components, body mm -hmm. language, and, uh, but that is, what is the single most important element that most often results in not closing or people not booking you for a speech or getting what you want? Is it the tone of how you speak or is it any one thing? Because I know you talk about that in your website. Yeah, you can that's, close, you can sell. Yeah, you can mm -hmm. That's such a great question. I'm going to have to go with you reveal to me who you really are. Mm -hmm. Because when I'm letting you see Tracy Goodwin, I'm not being on, I'm not being this, I'm not, not being this, I'm not being something I'm not. And so when I don't have any bear, when I just talk to you, it's just a conversation. When I let you see who I am, 
now you can you're connected to me now yeah, you it, can go ah oh, that's my girl mm -hmm. it, it it goes from maybe they won't like me to maybe i won't like them <laughs> yes it puts mm -hmm. you in the power seat that's right that's, That's a right. huge shift. People used to come up to me in restaurants. They'd say, oh, my God, you're, you act you just the way you are on TV. You're, you're the same. I said, it's the same. It's no different. On yes. All. It is what it is. Yes. And that's Never. so powerful because so many people, well, I've got my video voice and I've got my sales voice. Yes. And, and my superhero my, voice. Right? <laughs> right? And, what, and we will know, we will know mm -hmm. you're our person when we hear the bit. I call them the bits of you. Like, I already know y'all are my people you're giving me the bits of you and and that's mm -hmm. the thing people tend to try to hide because they think well i've got to be this no let's talk about several types of management conversations and how the tone of voice can impact how well or how poorly those can go mm -hmm. so let's say that let's start off with this one let's say you have to correct someone on your team they violate a company policy they're not doing, they're not following the sales process. They're not, you know, they keep making the same mistake over and over again. You need to correct them so they, they stop whatever that behavior is. What kind of uh, advice can you give for the tone of voice on that conversation? Well, I would not go with raw emotion in the tone is one of the things that can be really problematic. And we, we get frustrated. I've said it time and time again, and we work from a place of emotion. We work from a place of frustration. And the minute we go there, the subconscious of our listener shuts down. Mm -hmm. So and they, they never hear the word you say. There you go. That's mm -hmm. it right there. So internally, you work from a place of empathy. You work from a place of how do I want this person to feel? How does that, what does that sound like? That sound, well, what did you do wrong? <laughs> well, company policy did you violate <laughs> right you know it's only you, one <laughs> you know and it and it's it it can even go into questions you know mm -hmm. i'm i noticed that you couldn't i noticed you were late again and i'm concerned and i i'm not really That's sure if you're aware of how important it is for you to be here on time so i just want to have a conversation with you about it that's got a different mm -hmm. feel than you're late again. Mm -hmm. For sure. Right. Uh, and, and you talk about the, you talk about the emotion. Um, mm -hmm. Here's one. When you've got to deescalate someone who's really in the emotional channel and they're really maybe upset or they're crying or something like that. I had, I had a, a, an executive coach outstanding. And when he talked to me, you know, he would use a louder voice, be more stern, hit me over the head with a two by four because that's what I needed to hear. Literally, you know, someone came in with their six-year-old kid and the, the volume went down, the tone went down, and he's talking to this kid. It's like, and he did it like that. And I'm so wow. envious of Great. that. So it's like, yeah. I, and I'm one, so it's like when we're talking about de-escalation, you know, of course, this could apply to other walks of life, you know, but I'm talking about management right here. What are some My tips you can give for that? No, <laughs> <laughs> well, I love this question and I call it push versus pull. Okay. And the war and the world, we kind of get to pushing. I got to get louder and I got to get faster for you to hear me. And the most powerful tool you have is pause. And the second most powerful one is quiet. Water seeks its own level vocally. 
So if, mm -hmm. if, if I'm yelling at you and you yell back at me, nobody's going to hear anybody. You put yourself in control by controlling the conversation. So if things are, are hot, I'm going to come down here. And, and I, so I always like to equate it to driving a five-speed car. We can't be in fifth gear all the time. Sometimes I got to go down here to second. But if I want to de-escalate, I just did research on, more research on this this weekend. That is, that is so powerful when you bring it down here. It has dramatic effects on the body, on the emotions, on everything. And, and that can be hard sometimes, especially if, if, if you're feeling the emotion too. Our gut reaction is to yell back or to snap back. But mm -hmm. that's the work is, let me just talk quietly to you. When they go high volume, you yep. go You low. go low. There it is. <laughs> yeah. There it is. I there want to is. ask you about the five elements of vocal variety before mm -hmm. I do that. And I'm, I don't want to paint with a broad brush. Let me just put a little disclaimer on this. But I have noticed something being, you know, a voice student and not an actor like you, but, you know, on television all those years. In younger professional women, and if you watch an episode of The oh. Bachelor, this is a vocal fry uh -huh. and uh -huh. as everything is a question. Mm -hmm. uh -huh. If I'm in a job interview, I'm uh -huh. hearing a lot of this. Like a they cannot the speak sentence. in a sentence with a down note. And are you seeing that more in young people? And I just, if we have younger listeners or viewers, I would like to make them aware that don't do that. Try to stop yourself from doing that. It's critical that you stop doing that, right? Because you're, you're going to, I'm going to say, why, why are you asking my permission? Right. Mm -hmm. If, you know, if, if I'm going to hire you or bring you on board and you're doing that, why are you asking my permission? It's all going down subconsciously and consciously. I, you know, I get asked that question a lot and I don't have exact data on, am I seeing it more? What okay. I would say is, yes, I'm seeing it more. And the reason is because literally, and this goes back to psychology of the voice. I've asked younger women, why do you do that? Or they'll tell me, you know, I didn't always talk this way. Well, why'd you start? Oh, because the prettiest girl in high school talked oh. that way. Mm -hmm. So it literally, the mm -hmm. subconscious said, hey, don't you want to be the pretty, like the pretty girl? Then talk like this. You're 58. You can't be the prettiest girl in high school. Well, you know who does talk like that? I hate to say it, but if you watch Keeping Up with the Kardashians, oh yeah, all those girls, they end yeah. every sentence with an up note. And it's like, yeah. God, you, just, you can't be in business and be like, no, just, you can't. No, it's my okay, most viewed video. It's my most viewed video really? on YouTube. <laughs> it's about how to, about a lilt. There you go. Oh, yeah. yeah. So that's, yeah. right. That speaks volumes. Well, yes. <laughs> yeah. Mine, the, the other video of yours that I, I found fascinating, but I'd like to get, have you share a little bit with, uh, with our audience, a bad murder, um, especially those of us who grow up in the Midwest is speaking mm -hmm. more slowly. Mm -hmm. And especially when you're in a sales meeting and everybody in the meeting likes to talk mm -hmm. and you feel like you've got to get the words out of your mouth before <laughs> someone interrupts and jumps in or something like that. Or you've got ADD and you feel like you're going to forget what you're saying mm -hmm. before you actually get the words out. So you rush. What kind of advice can you give to fast talkers? That is the weakest tool in the toolbox. And <laughs> I say that carefully because the stories that you've, created and the stories you've been told about fast, that's where the problem is. I have to go fast. They're going to cut me off. Just like what you were saying. Mm -hmm. I have to go fast because I'm going to forget the words. I have mm -mm. 
that it's a protection mechanism. A lot of people, there's a million reasons why people go fast, but the minute you go fast and everything has the same note, I don't even know what you're talking about. I don't know what you know, even if I'm, even if I work for you, even if I do what you do. So you take off down the races and everybody takes off down the races. Now, all of a sudden, everything has the same value. And every seven seconds, our brain tells us to check out. If you're down the track. I didn't know that. Yeah. Well, it used to be like a minute and a half. When I started this work, so seven seconds and you're off talking. I don't know what you're talking about. What if I was talking like this and y'all don't know what I'm talking about. You'd be like, Hey, what's going on on the news or Facebook or whatever. Your brain would (laughs) check you out. Well, the brain needs a little bit of comfort. You know, it needs a little comfort because that's an uncomfortable place in trying to keep up. And I say this now, Mm -hmm. oddly enough, as the listener, even though I've been guilty of it as the speaker. And people yeah. in my company are listening to this right now and having a good laugh right about it. They're that. nodding. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I know I used to say my, because I was, uh, used to talk back when I was little, little kids. So tone has always been uh, mm. something that I've worked on. Um, and that's one of the five elements of vocal variety, right? Do you want to go over the five for us? Well, the five elements of vocal oh. variety are, I equate them to the five senses. We have five senses. Okay. And and if you look at little children and listen to them versus listening to a 40-year-old, you'll notice a difference. The five elements of vocal variety are pause, elongation, which is super mm-hmm. easy for me, loud and sw- uh, quiet, loud and soft or quiet, fast and slow, and high and low. We want to work with all mm. of those. And it, and. And what we end up doing is far too many people end up giving everything the same value. So if everything is the same, how am I going to know what's important? And why would I even listen to you when that seven seconds kicks in? You know what I'm saying? And you have no idea who I am or how I feel. So we want to use those five elements of vocal variety. Everybody has them. And then that creates an emotional connection because I say, I really love something, whatever it is, that creates a degree of emotion. Now you love something. Now we're emotionally connected. Is, are, are those elements just tied to the message about the, 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 uh, the message that you're trying to convey to the other person? Or do you find that you use those elements based on the personality of the other person? So if I'm a you know, straight shooting, get stuff done manager, whatever, I can, I'll use one thing. If I'm an IT guy, I'm very analytical, you know, an IT gal, I should say, and very analytical, that, that, that's it. Or if I'm a, you know, someone very emotional, that's so does it get tied to the personality of the person or is it strictly then just to the content of what you're trying to say? I think it definitely is to the person. It, it is definitely to the person and it goes all the way back to that story. But you could, and I, and I can't say across the board, introverts are going to be working in quieter. I can't say that 100%. But yes, a, a shyer person is not going to gravitate to loud and fast. And mm-hmm. everybody has a go-to. Everybody has, by, by this point in the game, everybody has most people have one that they gravitate to and it got locked in because the time that they were loud, somebody said quiet and the time that they were, you know, we, it morphs along the way so that by the time we get older, it, it we tend to just be working in one note. 
And we really need to work in all the notes. And it's really linked back to how do I feel about what I'm talking about? Think about like excitement. If I want to get you excited about this, this product or this service I'm selling, I need to put that in my voice to get you excited. That doesn't mean I have to do like that. You know, it doesn't mean that. If every sentence ends in an exclamation point, then right. nothing is exciting. No. no. And that's the, yeah, that's it. Exactly. You want to play all the shades. Mm-hmm. You don't want one note of excitement or one note of this or you want to. Everything can't be awesome all the time. Totally. Totally. And, and everything, you know, and everything can't be awful either, right? Yeah. Yes. Imagine like being a songwriter and only using one note. <laughs> it's like, it's like, oh, <laughs> that's such a great analogy. Yeah. So true. I know what yeah. my, I just remembered now, and I love this. It popped in my head what I think my moment was from being a kid. So when we were loud in the basement, my father would be upstairs having a martini and he'd yell downstairs. He'd go, keep it down to a small uproar. <laughs> yeah. Small yeah. uproar. Yeah. That's pretty, pretty, pretty accurate. It's huge. It's huge. It's huge. And that's the way, and that's it literally right there. That's all that all, that's all that has to happen. I've had, I've had executives in the middle of a conversation go, oh my gosh, I know why I speak so fast. I remember at the dinner table, my father would look at his watch and go, go. And we would have to hurry up, you know, or whatever it was. Wow. And then we just wow. play it out and then we can go, okay, do you need to do that anymore? And it, and they're like, mm-hmm. well, no. So now all of a sudden they can go slower. What's the best gear to start a meeting or a presentation in? So it's like first words out of your mouth. Mm-hmm. Okay. So he's like, you, you treat it like a car where you go from first to second to third and so on. Or do you start right at it? You know, as you say, fifth gear or whatever. So we, we grab their attention and, and, and we're off to the races. What's your advice on that? I'm all about a strong opening. I'm mm-hmm. all about coming out of the gate strong. And it, and it has to be your version, right? Like I work at a really high vocal energy. It, you, you can't go into like hot ramped up mode because you want to come out of the gate strong, but you don't want to start off the meeting like, well, y'all, what do y'all think? You know, you don't want to start there either. What is a way you can get my attention? Mm-hmm. The way you can get my attention is you come out of the gate strong with the, the highest vocal energy that fits you and you hook me, you know, and maybe that hook is, okay, everybody listen up but probably not. Maybe that hook is, I've got some big stuff today. Get ready. Buckle up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because you know, I've had seven espressos and you haven't. <laughs> <laughs> right? And if that's you, that's what I want. We, I hide, we hide ourselves. Mm. And that's, that's that. We, we think we're supposed to. I've got to be professional and I've got to be the pendulum doesn't go all the way from here to here. There's an in-between. Well, if we combine this with what our um, meetings expert said in, in another season of the show, she said, take away their cell phones, then do the meeting. You take away the cell phones and do a strong uh, Tracy open and you're off to the races. Mm-hmm. Fine form, I would say. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I, I like to teach my people, I call it tentacles out versus tentacles in. Mm. And if I'm, And this gets really tricky because I'm not saying don't read the room, but I'm saying don't let the room decide who you get to be. Bring those tentacles in and stand in confidence and and come out of the gate strong. I believe it's my responsibility to captivate you. 
say I'm a manager or I'm a VP or someone like listen watching the show right now, and I know I've got issues with this. I, I know that, you know, that I was able to get here, but I'm not going to be able to get there unless I, I work on this. What, how long does it take for someone to start seeing results and working with a voice coach like you? A week. Wow. Wow. Yeah, I don't work with anybody longer than eight weeks. And it's because it's so laser, it's so laser focused. It's not a step mm. one, two, three. It's, I hear a sound and I say, what are you trying to prove? Or, okay, why are you trying to keep everybody happy? Or something like that. And we literally go to work. We immediately rewrite the story. We immediately, okay, try this. And we put in a, we put in a new technique, which may end up being slow down, speed up, or it could be a lot of different things but it's really fast and it sticks because it's actually, we get rid of that story that says you've got to be loud or you've got to be fast or you've got to be quiet or whatever that story is. Well, if people want to reach out to you, Tracy, it's captivate Your Twitter is Tracy a Goodwin. What's your middle name? It's not odd. Oh, it's Ann, not Audrey. Mm -hmm. No. (laughs) Ann's better. Trust me. Trust me. <laughs> Facebook, Captivate the Room. And you have a podcast called the Mind Your, or you are on the Mind Your Business podcast. There's an episode that you were on with that. Yes. And then your website and your resources and your YouTube is fantastic. Oh, so, good. Thank you. This has been so fun. And Lisa, we were worried we would be irritating you with our vocal performances. So hopefully we didn't. <laughs> oh, my God. Is, is she analyzing great. everything we say right now? These <laughs> <laughs> two are horrible. Oh my gosh, y'all are great. This has been so much fun. Thank you for having me. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed the show, please rate and recommend on iTunes, Overcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also get more great information at salesfuel.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. Thank you.